I'm Mike. I'm Dave. And this is Between the Lines. And we're back. And we're outside. We are. We are live. Uh, well, I guess pre-recorded live. We are a live. We are alive. We are outdoors today on Between the Lines. It's we beautiful. are. It is a beautiful day in Central Pennsylvania. Um, the you know spring or summer, however you want to put it, has officially sprung, um, and it is wonderful weather today. Uh, so we just couldn't waste it. We had to be. Uh, out in this so we are at the uh, pavilion at piney ridge hunting cabin in huntersville pennsylvania we have special guests today the carpenters yeah <laughs> a i.e the carpenter bees that oh, we uh, have we have a ton of carpenter bees um all over the place here so if you hear some wind if you hear some buzzing it's because we are in the great outdoors and we are in the out in the open um and just enjoying life doing the podcast i feel like uh starting to sing the sound of music right now yeah. <laughs> well i was singing oh, a little Lord. josh groban before we started here you mean uh, josh groban <laughs> not to be confused with josh groban different not, guy not to be not to be completely completely different person he's not semi-operatic he's uh more like uh semi-feely touchy attic something along those lines you are fake news yes i am <laughs> i am very fake news I am so fake that I don't believe in myself anymore. Oh, man. So uh, we're here uh, outside. Um, last episode, um, if you if you listen to it, you could tell it was probably a little off. It was meant to be released on a Wednesday. Um, unfortunately, we had some issues. Um, Scott's son uh, had an unfortunate accident. Uh, that's why he's not with us. It's un unforeseen uh how long um scott may be out um but just to kind of let everybody know what happened i do have a statement here that i'd like to read this is going to be really dry because i'm not good at reading reading stuff off on paper um, so i'm going to do my best here um scott's youngest son ian was critically injured in an accident on wednesday may 5th uh, without going into incredible de detail, Ian suffered a devastating head injury involving a piece of steel rebar. Uh, with the help of first responders, Life Flight was able to get Ian to Geisinger Medical Center in Danville. It was unclear at times whether Ian would even survive, uh, but let me tell you, I, I know Ian, Aaron plays with him all the time, and Ian is one tough kid. Um, at Geisinger Medical Center, he was treated to several surgeries and life-saving procedures and is now stable. Ian appears to have no brain damage at this time and is regaining sight slowly. Uh, it will be a long, hard road ahead for Ian and his family, but he is an incredible kid with a ton of fight in him. There will be a high risk of infection for several months and a long road ahead of therapy and rehabilitation. Scott and his family would like to personally thank everyone for their showing of love and support. Uh, as well as an incredibly understated thank you to the EMTs, ambulance drivers, emergency staff, neurologists, ophthalmologists, ENT specialists, and life flight pilots that aided in Ian's rescue. They're true heroes, and Ian would not be with us without them. Um, from between the lines, Scott has been away from uh, his, his work for a little while, tending to his family, um, and he wants to be by his son's side during this entire process, as any father would. So any donations to him and his family would be much appreciated. 
uh, while they try and make ends meet and give their son the support and comfort he needs from his parents during this strange and difficult time. Uh, donations can be made to their GoFundMe page available on our website, on our Facebook page, and our Twitter pages. Donations can also be sent to P.O. Box 221, Muncie, Pennsylvania, 17756, with checks made payable to Scott Morgan and family. Um, our thoughts and prayers and, um, and heartfelt um, apologies go out to Scott and his family. Yeah. Um, it, it, it's an absolute sheer miracle um, that Ian's even walking the, the earth right now. Yeah. Um, we don't know a lot of what happened, but I do know it was very touch and go uh, for a very long time. Um, and he is not out of the woods, but he's, he appears to be doing good now. Um, and he's improving. Um, has had a couple of minor hiccups along the way, but it's, it's thought that um, with therapy and rehabilitation that he should regain full sight uh, um, in his eye. Um, and um, we just wish him the best. Yeah. We just wish him fast and fast and speedy recovery to that tough little dude. Uh, I don't know about you, but I don't know I could survive something like that, let alone a little kid like that. It's, it's just not right. They they definitely bounce back a lot quicker than we would. I oh, know. it's amazing. It's amazing. It, it, like I said, I I know Scott's not much of a not much of a believer, but f- for anyone out there that is, this is an honest to God true miracle and I believe that the power of prayer is real not to not to preach too heavy but this just renews um, it should be a renewal of faith um, that you know God's looking out for us anyway enough of that so keep Scott and uh, his family and your thoughts and prayers and we hope that he returns back to the norm uh, sooner than later yeah yeah we hope that he comes back um, as soon as he can but again um, we're not we're not in no rush to get Scott back because I know if it were my kid, um, you know I'd want to be I'd want to be there through through everything. So I completely understand that. Um, as you can tell, the wind is picking up a little bit here. Uh, so you on a lighter note, <laughs> I, if, it's like uh, Darth Vader's walking around. Yeah, here. I know. <laughs> uh, it, it is beautiful though. I can't I can't get out get over how nice it is out here. It's what I. 72 75 something like that something in there. you know i think darth vader was a libertarian yeah yeah you know he he was evil but yet he had a side to him where you were like yeah i get it i get at, it at the end <laughs> at the end like, all right <laughs> i see where he's coming from <laughs> <laughs> sort of how like most of the people listen to us it's like yeah well I, yeah yeah they, they may not know what they're talking about but i see where they're coming from <laughs> professional idiots <laughs> Well, we're not we're not getting paid yet, so yeah, we're just idiots. True. So we're not professional yet. <laughs> we're just idiots. Would it be ama- considered amateur idiots? Amateur idiots, I how's suppose. That, we're that? idiots as a hobby. <laughs> <laughs> it's a- um, so uh, not to take too much of a right turn, um, but we we were gonna kind of mull over some world events that are going on. Um, for those that are unaware or living under a rock, um, uh, apparently there's a little skirmish going on between uh, Israel and, and Palestine. Pretty I, extreme is, skirmish. Is, has, is this is this a new skirmish? Uh, no, it's about 2,000 years old. Oh, oh, so this is okay. All right, so this is a long term, uh, a long term. Well, <laughs> at least at least since about 1948. Yeah. Well, yeah. In terms of nations, as, as far as nation states, yeah. Um, but these these two peoples 
have been fighting for millennia. Um, but unfortunately, there have been there's been a drastic ex- escalation um, in in Gaza and uh, in Jerusalem. Um, it is in Jerusalem, right? It's um, uh, they're, they're, they were shelling in shelling in Jerusalem or something like that, or was it Tel Aviv? Uh, no, it was Jerusalem. So okay. as of I guess it was as of fun, Monday night this week. Uh, there were to start off. There were roughly about three to four hundred shoulder-mounted rockets that were fired off into <sighs> civilian targets. Um, so just to give some context, as of I guess it was as of yesterday or today, the last report I read because this is still ongoing. This oh, hasn't sure. this hasn't stopped. It's no. actually escalated. Yep. Um, there's been a total of roughly about two thousand rockets that have been fired. Uh, at Jerusalem specifically, Ouch. Um, or maybe not Jerusalem per se, but any targets that the rockets could reach from where they're firing from, which is the Gaza Strip, yeah. uh, just just south of uh, Jerusalem. But um, and this isn't this isn't like the Palestinian government. This is Hamas. This, this is, is Hamas. A, this is a terrorist group. But this, at this. the same time, I mean, and that's kind of the big argument that's happening right now with regards to Hamas is because you know if you think about. Um, you know, just recently Biden, Biden wanting to re-up their apparently some preconceived uh, plan to donate money to the Palestinian Authority and the yeah, Palestinians. Yeah. The problem with that is, is I personally don't have an issue with helping people in need. The issue is, is that the Palestinian Authority notoriously donates its money to Hamas, Hamas groups. Yeah. I mean, whether, you know, it's, it's like it's like me growing up in Philly going you know knowing that the guy that's leaving the the local bar with the paper bag knowing yeah. that they're running a number scheme and stuff out of the bars and everything i mean it's 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 dirty laundry is well, what it is well we're essentially funding our own destruction um well in and, this and, case and, jerusalem yeah. you know or the israelis and you know it, it's crazy because uh you know i've been really doing some uh looking in at you know some of these situations because you know there's a lot of stories from both sides i mean there's there's people that always get caught in the middle on situations like this palestinians israel or hebrews uh because israeli is a nation state a lot of people assume that just because you're israeli that you're hebrew that's not necessarily the case in fact 20 to 30 percent of the population of israel is arabic yeah and a lot of people forget that yeah there's there's uh, a, a large jewish population there's a large christian population and there's a large muslim population yes it, there's a lot of it it's not just one it's not it's not just one i mean there's yeah. there's a multifaceted culture there because there's a lot of um historical holy sites oh, yeah. uh, through 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 that interweave through all the religions um, at least the the um, Judeo-Christian Muslim religions, um, they well, all interweave. Well, if you just think of the history of that area by itself, it's been passed hands oh, so sure. many times throughout. I mean, if you think of the U.S., the U.S. was natively inhabited by um, groups of peoples that in some way, shape, or form held relation to each other. If you think of the, Cher- the Cherokee and the Iroquois and... Yeah the Anastasi and, you know, the different groups that Mississippi, the, yeah, <laughs> yeah, all of the, just the point is, is that they had some kind of a relation to each other. Whereas in this part of the world, um, there's been so much cross through, there's been so many passing of hands with regards to ownership and title and right and everything that there's well, so much the influence there. Birthplace of civilization, really. In, in, yeah, in one manner of speaking. Yeah. They you have know, 
called it the Fertile Crescent. Yeah, know, I where mean, that's where, uh, you know, uh, we all come from, everybody can trace their roots back to Africa, but... I mean, you're talking just just across the sea. Yeah. <laughs> you know where where yeah. humanity began was just across the sea from this place. Well, the, so the I mean, not to get off onto a tangent, but um, one of my big me growing up, I loved archaeology. Absolutely loved archaeology. Sure. In fact, I considered going to school for it, but Everybody somebody somebody Park. convinced me it was a waste of money, so I didn't <laughs> do it. But anyways, I the, mean, it kind of is <laughs> <laughs> really, but you basically live off grants the rest of your life exactly. is what it, what yeah. it amounts to. But you're not going to be rich until you're dead unless you're Indiana Jones. And, yeah. You know, that doesn't really happen in exactly. real life. Exactly. But, um, you know, that being said, is that uh, the Sumerians, which are the oldest known civilization to have inhabited that part of the world, dating back to what uh 10,000 BC I think is what they're I'm estimating. Sure. It was pretty cool too because uh, the University of Pennsylvania a couple of years ago had a burial mound that they excavated and they transported to the University of Pennsylvania. Oh, wow. So it goes back if you want to put this in like historical biblical context, uh it goes back to the days of Abraham oh, wow. because they referred to the town of Ur which was actually a, a civilization. Anyways, long story short, yeah. it's been past hands. So that area has been past hands through a long like from the crusaders time, you know, from uh I'll, I'll, as far as countries go, it's a $2 hooker. Yes. Okay. Pretty much. All right. So <laughs> <laughs> and that might be on the expensive side, but yes. Um, um sure, and I get what you're saying. Um I do want to I do want to point out just for balance and and fairness that it was reported that um, on the Israeli side there were some aggressive police tactics being used against um, Palestinian. And I'm trying to get clarity on that. Yeah, I, there have been people posting these Instagram videos of situations happening, but the only actual news that I can find even remotely related to that was back in 2008. Oh, wow. Okay. When the IDF had to um, evacuate settlers that were in the Gaza Strip back in 2008. That's the only actual news that I can find about this. Now, doesn't mean it's not happening. Doesn't mean it's not happening because news is a little, really spotty yeah, in these yeah, areas. You know, sure. you kind of have to rely on personal testimony and all that kind of stuff as to what's happening. But nonetheless, even if it is true, um, Barrages of rocket attacks, I don't think, are the appropriate no. are the appropriate response. Yeah. And that's the thing is, I mean, once they clarify as to why this, you know, maybe they were going in and evacuating people. I don't know. See, the problem is, is none of us, especially, I mean, it's evident that our politicians that are in the White House now and our politicians that are in Congress and the House <coughs> of Representatives, <coughs> yeah, they, they obviously are speaking out of their ass because they have little no. to no... Yeah. <laughs> They, they they would never do anything Politicians like that. Politicians don't speak out of turn. So, I mean, we've get all these all this publicity that surrounds these very unfounded statements, you know, with regards to what's going on down there. And again, to Mike's point, you know, it's your point, Mike, is that, you know, there very well could be incidents of aggression that happened on the part of the IDF, you know, for whatever the reason. But to your on the flip side of that, again, barraging civilian targets now, yeah. it'd be one thing if this was an attack directly against the idf yeah, or a calcul like a like a calculated 
and, and still, I, I still wouldn't agree with it. But a, but a, tar- a, a calculated targeted attack on a military exactly asset, and not, that's not what's happening. No, they're 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 firing missiles at schools indiscriminately. Schools, yeah. they're firing missiles at people's homes. I honestly don't think they're they're aiming their their uh, their attacks on any anything other than pointing it towards Israel and and letting it go. Basically, it's you just know? it's there's there's no rhyme or reason as to their targets. They're just crying. Trying to create terror is what they're trying to do That's at this what, point. Exactly. So if, to, to put that in context, Democrats were up in arms about a bunch of rednecks holding flagpoles in the Capitol <laughs> building, but they don't want to denounce people firing rockets at schools and hospitals. Just, yeah. I want, you know. We know the hypocrisy's thick. We, uh, it's the, it's the, crazy. The hypocrisy is thicker than a milkshake from. Yeah, I almost get tired of pointing it out because yeah. it's like, okay, I've I've pointed out so many instance instances of hypocrisy that, and I will admit the right is not immune. No, from this hypocrisy, no. but it just seems like the left, and and particularly progressive, hard left wing progressive Democrats just ignore hypocrisy altogether and they just they don't care about the optics of what they're doing as long as they the end result is what what they wanted if, if that makes any sense well at all. i'm finding that the more i look at this uh much of what's driving wow. yeah wow hold on Annie ann hit me I feel like I'm in Kansas. I'm gonna end up in. Uh, We're gonna end up. <laughs> gonna be under a house here in about a minute. Drop a house on your sister, man. <laughs> um. So anyway, what I'm what I'm finding is the more I look at the narrative that's being spouted out right now with regards to what's going on in Israel, is um, you have a lot of people that. Were the situation different? Were the politics of this last year and the year before any different? I think that there would be a different note um, being taken with regards to this. But the fundamental truth of what's going on in Israel right now is that you have a terrorist group, plain and simple, Hamas, um, that tries to play themselves off as a people group or yeah. for the people. And even major groups have de- have have pointed this out that Hamas only takes advantage of the Palestinians. Yeah. They take advantage of the ability to spout out these because they have media outlets. They have their own means by which to disseminate news to the the local and populations abroad. So they basically like our own media has been for the last two years creating these narratives that have no basis in truth, but you know how people are, you know, they react quicker than they think. Oh, so, absolutely. So that being the case, you have whole populations of people that believe that the Israelis, in their core, are looking to destroy this population of people through their military might, which they obviously have the upper hand in that regards in that area. Um, I mean, I was reading just a report um, from yesterday. They were um, There were reports that there was going to be a ground invasion into the Gaza Strip just the other day. Um, and the there was about 9,000 reservists, or reservists, yeah, reservists, reservists that were called up uh, into the IDF, and they were positioning themselves on the Gaza Strip border as of yesterday. Um, and then anti-tank groups 
uh, Hamas anti-tank groups and anti-missile groups actually left the metro. And the metro is a group of tunnels that they built back in 2014 um, to hide uh, the, all their military and munitions and all that kind of stuff. Well, thinking that there was going to be, <laughs> thinking that there was going to be a, a ground war that happens, uh, um, started by the IDF, they came out of those tunnels, all and it was all predicated on a tweet that the government had put out there. They did it on purpose because then they launched 165 aircraft, <laughs> and over 450 missiles were launched at various. Hamas targets specifically focusing on the metro itself like the underground tunnels and they didn't see it coming they basically didn't see it coming so my point is is that you have these they they had the opportunity to really wipe things out I mean they they had that opportunity but every instance in every instance if you look at the nitty-gritty of their attacks and their 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 battle plans is that they are focusing solely on military targets they are not going after civilian targets. Yes. So, I mean, I think that's the bigger point that people are not recognizing. Yes, it's war. Yes, it's horrible. No, nobody wants it to happen. We don't want it to happen. No. But the fact is, is you don't sit back and let somebody rape your sister uh, yeah. when you have a, the opportunity to stop that person from doing that. You don't sit there and watch it because that's essentially what is happening yeah. is that people are complaining that we are that the Israelis are not sitting back and letting Hamas rape and pillage and do whatever the hell it is that they want to do. Well, that's because we're allowing that kind of stuff to happen here in the United States. Oh, I know. Uh, not not to not to that extreme. I don't want to you know hyperbolize here, but to to the um to the effect that uh we have groups in this country that are using violence and rioting and things like yeah. that to uh f- to gain political means yeah and there is no difference between the violence of blm and antifa and hamas yeah and other terrorist groups that's what it is it's terror when you're when you're committing violence and doing violent acts and destroying property and you have a list of rules and demands that you want in return or else you're going to keep doing this these violent things yeah that's the textbook definition of terrorism yeah and uh interesting enough there was a story that happened on the 10th um jerusalem day was being celebrated jerusalem Mm -hmm. day is the day that they celebrate when in i guess it was 1968 when they took back the city um that's celebrated now of course war yes yep and uh, uh Understandably, the the other part of the population doesn't celebrate it. Uh, understandably, because you know, you know, for obvious reasons. But here's Britain, what happened: Britain doesn't celebrate Independence Day. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Although, funny story, I was in Ireland back in 1999, and uh, it was in the port. Uh, Dunleary was the city. Dunleary is like a port town, so they, you know, they have boats and such coming in and out. Um, they actually, for I didn't, I didn't know this. I never would have known this had I not been there. But they had a USS frigate that it was actually in port because they were celebrating the Fourth of July. Oh wow! As and they they did this as kind of an inclusiveness type of thing, you know, celebrating freedom and liberty yeah. and independence. That, that that astounded me. That is like, you that know, would have broke my heart. 
like four years, four years straight, they had been doing this. So I mean, it would have been about like 1994, 1995 when they had started the whole thing. Wow. So, but anyways. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, but the, what had happened is that there was a riot that happened up on the Temple Mount. The Temple Mount, everybody knows, at least to some degree, knows the Temple Mount is kind of split amongst different people's thoughts. You know, what what is its value? It has value in Christian religion. It has value in uh, Judaism. It has value in Islam. Um, it, all three sects value that piece of property uh, very closely. Um, but what had happened is that there was a riot that broke out with extremist groups. I don't know if there were Zionist groups up there. Um, I know for a fact that there were Palestinian groups um, that were up there that were, it was just a riot. It was basically, if you were to look at what was happening, it was like almost a, a mirror image of what was happening in like Portland or, yeah. you know, a Minis Minneapolis or whatever the case be here in the States. So anyways, what happened is the IDF got involved, of course, and, you know, they broke up the, the situation. So all these, these miniature news outlets started broadcasting that the Israelis were celebrating um, that there was riots going on in the Temple Mount because the uh, Palestinians for the longest time have been fighting that the Israelis not be allowed to go there even though it's within city borders. So this has been an ongoing fight. So basically these news outlets were putting out the story that the Israelis were celebrating. Mind you, this was Jerusalem Day. It happened on sure. the same exact day. And what they didn't show is that the, 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 the uh, Jewish... Uh, population that was celebrating that day was down near the wall. Nowhere even near the Temple Mount. So what they showed is these videos of people dancing. Oh, oh man. There goes all our property. Man. But uh, what they were showing was this video essentially of all these people jumping up and celebrating and they correlated it to the riots that were happening up on the Temple Mount. So basically they created this narrative that the Israel, the, 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 the Jewish people that were there celebrating that day were celebrating because there was a riot up on the Temple Mount. Oh, wow. So just complete opposite optics of it, it, reality. It, it's, it's a complete fabrication of what was actually going on. You know, this happens all over the place. And I, and I think that as much as I hate social media, um, I think that social media is starting to shed light on corruption in media itself yeah because now you have the ability for anyone to pick up their phone and can record what's happening in real time yeah and then you have the contrast of that of what's on the news to kind of combat you know yeah. which is which is real then um the, the the, sword. The, yeah the live stream i can see on social media or what i'm being told by the news and it's just, excuse me it's the same thing in the united states um you have these peaceful protests, quote unquote, being reported on by the media. And then you turn to camera footage on Instagram and Facebook and it's just fires burning yeah. and, and stores being looted. Yeah. I just I never knew that, you know, your First Amendment right included looting and stealing and yeah. burning. And, you know, I, I, I think, too, I mean, uh, not to digress from what we were talking about, but um to your point, I think, too, aside from the fact that a lot of the social media coverage has been focused on the most um, easy to spot sure. situations with regards to the fires and, you know, the looting and stuff. However, on the flip side of that, there it was isolated to, to areas. It was very much isolated. It wasn't like this was happening in the entire state of Minnesota or this was happening in the entire state of Portland or Oregon. 
um, you, you get what I'm saying yeah. is that yeah, yeah, social yeah. media is a two edged sword in that on one side of the stick, the people that disagree, the people that are OK with this are like, yeah, that's great. They're 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 telling they're giving it to the man. They're looting and, you know, showing them that this is the way to, you know, achieve social justice and blah, blah, blah. And then on the other side of the stick, you got the people who are pissed off about what's going on in Portland and Minnesota, but in their minds, they're thinking that this is happening in the entire state if they don't live in the state. Well, yeah. So, so if <laughs> you, you get yeah. what I'm saying. Well, not, not only that, but the optics right now are that is that, that this is what's happening in every major city across the country. And it's not. It's not. And it's not. It's just not. You, you know, people are going along with, uh, going around, um, uh, just going on with their lives as normal is, is what's really going on across this country. The, nothing's changed. It's just you've got a couple of a couple of cities that have some unrest and some some rioting going on and it, the media wants to make it seem like this is you know countrywide so that you so that you get scared and you know they just want to keep you dependent upon their news so that you keep going back for the for the fear porn that they're, yeah. they're putting out you know what i equated to and this might sound like a stupid example but uh, it's like a relationship between two individuals that get into a heated argument, but they've overlooked certain things that the other party has done for sure. their entire time together until it gets heated enough to where they need to start wanting one upping each other. It becomes Super Mario Brothers. They're trying yeah. to get a one up on each other. Yeah. So they start pointing out every little you chew too loudly. Yeah, you, exactly. You fart in your sleep. You know, it's like exactly. <laughs> you so you know, start pulling pulling out little insignificant things to bitch about because you don't have exactly and that that's another good point that i've that i've heard made over and over and over again is that we don't have any actual um issues in the united states like we don't have rocket attacks uh coming across our borders we don't have we don't have um you know terrorist cells that are that are blowing themselves up and train stations we don't have those kind of things in this country so we don't have any any uh existential existential threats that we can all kind of rally behind yeah uh, uh you know and point to a boogeyman uh, so we fight each other yeah because we 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 as americans want to we love we love conflict oh, yeah. whether you want to uh, disagree or not george carlin always had a great bit about how we average a war every 10 years in this country we love that shit that's that's our hobby oh look uh, at jerry springer exactly. everybody loved jerry springer because exactly somebody got jerry beads and somebody got punched and that's right who was the who was the bodyguard that, steve 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 and then steve, he got steve, he got steve. his own tv show yep. over there for a while yep so I, I, and that exactly that proves the point that i'm trying to make is that we we are a violence like people we love violence yeah you can see it in our tvs and movies um that that's just who we are as a people you can deny it and suppress it if you want to but that's also why there's such a big gun culture in this country because guns have been important to us since our founding and and because of guns we have our country you you know i actually read a quote uh uh, let me pull it up real quick here, uh, if I can find it. I thought it was really good. Uh, sorry. Poor kids are just as bright and just as talented as white kids. So there's this there's this guy. I, I I've heard about him, but I've never really read anything that he writes. Or I think he does some kind of a podcast. Okay. Zuby. Never at, heard of. At Zuby Music Z U B Y. Anyways, 
He posted this thing that says, do you know the darkest realization I've had over the past year? It's not about governmental, governmental overreach. It's not about the bastardization of science. It's the realization that a significant percentage of my fellow citizens would turn on me if instructed to by an authority. Yeah, absolutely. To your point. Yeah. Reason absolutely. for Second Amendment is for the balancing out of threats to both domestic and, a, and foreign. Yeah. domestic and abroad so i mean that's the point is that you know we don't want to think about this but it, it's only about 150 years ago that the people that once called each other neighbors were at each other's throats quite literally absolutely um not that we ever want to we would hope that we've quote unquote evolved past that point but you know the way things we can feel the tension the tension is thicker than boston's mall oh, yeah or people thicker than boston People don't even Fog. say hi to each other in the supermarket really anymore. No. Like you, you. Now, and it depends on the area you live sure. in too. I mean, it, it varies from. But even our area, I can feel it. Like you, yeah. people used to wave. Yeah. They didn't even know you, but you would, if you drove by, they would wave. They don't do that anymore. Everybody's like eyes to the ground. Don't don't make eye contact. You know, keep keep moving. Don't don't pay attention to the Cock people their around shotgun. you. Yeah, like. <laughs> It's like, it's like Hatfield and McCoy's get well, off my the, land. There's always that old American uh, proverb where, um, you know, American democracy is two wolves and a sheep um, deciding what's for dinner. Oh, yeah. And yeah. The, sh the, the armed sheep contesting the results. Yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's a, it's a good analogy. Yeah. I mean, it's... Um, but, yeah, I mean, there's, there's um, just... Just to kind of put things in the perspective with, with what's going on right now, and again, back to our point of just how the optics are being blurred so much in this situation, there was, um, there's been a lot of talk about, you know, with, with the, the pack. we call them the pack. Oh, uh, God, yeah. Uh, Cortez, Hal what's her last name, Halib or? Talib. Talib, yep. um, amongst the Omar. others. But Talib specifically is, you know, always the loudest of the bunch with regards to yelling about how Palestinians are being killed and you know so on let me give you an example of one of the stories um, there was a um, uh, protest that happened in the West Bank and of course this is up near Lebanon so it's the northern section of Israel there were 5,000 people gathered to to protest what the IDF was doing in the Gaza Strip hmm. so 5,000 people uh, of course, you've, if you picture it, there's fences around these northern border areas because it's where Israel hits about Lebanon. Um, and so seven, seven of these protesters decided that they were going to try to break in. And they actually had video uh, through satellite reconnaissance of seven individuals at one of the north gates cutting into the gate to get in. IDF soldiers responded and shot one of them in the leg. The leg, mind you. He wasn't killed. He was shot in the leg. And they they left. They they ran away. They took the guy with them. Come next day, the, the Lebanese prime minister, uh, president, whatever he is, and I guess the secretary of state, I can't remember who he was, but anyways, the long story short of it is, is that they turned it into this story. They reported it to the UN like a bunch of tattletailing little bitches. And, <laughs> and then they turned around and they tried to make it into the story that the guy died or he was killed at the gate. Well, one, you're breaking in. Sure. You're, there's a fence there. Usually that implies don't go don't past go this past point. Don't go past this area, yeah. Um, two, 
the, the group, the 5,000 people that were there were comprised of Palestinians, Lebanese, and Hezbollah, which Hezbollah is notoriously the Lebanese Hamas, Hamas essentially. ISIS, Al-Qaeda, however so, you want. You know, dime a dozen, yeah. you know, these groups. But anyways, long story short is that there was instigation there from these groups, you know, the fact that only seven tried to do anything is kind of surprising to me that it didn't turn into more than that. But at the same time, you know, you get where I'm going with yeah, this. Is that they, they tried to turn this into a story trying to decry that Israel, this is this is what Israel does on a day-to-day -day basis is they kill Palestinians. No, they shoot at people that are trying to break into their house. Yeah. Just like you or I would if somebody was trying to break into our home. Absolutely. Because we don't let people into our house unless they are invited. Yeah. It's the whole the whole reason why you put locks on your doors, and and that's why I don't. I I hate to keep going back to this, you know, red versus blue argument, but that it it it's also a a great uh, analogy for um, why we actually need security on our southern border because it's the it's the same damn thing. You got you got these type of people that are pouring across our border. Um, un, un, unannounced, unsecured, and, and these kind of things will start happening in the United States if we cannot control the southern border. Yeah, you can't just let anybody come in w unchecked. Well, did you see the uh, did you see the interview the other day between the I'm trying to think if it was a judge from Arizona, but the he was he was directly re, um, addressing the ICE director, the the current ICE director. Oh, really? And he was asking him what the current tally is of individuals that have crossed the border at this point, and he had no answers. Yeah, he's well, like, he def he's like, well, I need to defer you to the border control. It's like you're the ICE director. You're supposed to you're know supposed these to things. Have these numbers, yeah. Like that's your job. If you don't have the numbers, then who does? So, you know? I mean, not to say that everybody that's crossing the border is a suspect of, no. you know, a, being a terrorist. No. But the fact of the matter is, is one out of a hundred is one too many. One out of a thousand is one too many. One out of a million is one too many. You know, whatever that number is. Another thing that I'd, I'd like to, uh, you know, stop right in its tracks is this, this, this comparison that people make between people crossing the southern border and immigrants that came to the United States throughout our history there was a big difference between people that came to the united states 100 years ago 200 years ago yeah. and built a civilization yeah. from nothing yeah and people that are coming to a post uh, a post-industrial nation just to live off of welfare there's yeah. a big difference and, and again i'm over generalizing because not everybody that comes across the border um, are welfare leeches and some of them are very productive people but but the thing is, is you don't know what you're getting. Yeah. When you when you just let everybody in indiscriminately, you don't know, you don't know what's coming. You don't know what's coming in. You you're not getting the best and the brightest. Uh, like well, it's Donald like with, Trump said. It's like with anything. If you don't have some kind of um, a door by which people come through, I mean, to come through a door generally and you know entails that you meet certain requirements to be able to come through. And that you've door. been invited. Yeah. You know, but I mean, you know, if you think of everybody that's ever become a citizen, you know, you know, whether they be first or second generation, well, mostly first generation, I guess, in that case, um, they've had to go through quite a process in order to become citizens. Yeah. You know, renewing visas on a constant basis. You know, a lot of people come here on work visas or educational visas uh, and they keep renewing them. You know, they work they work to a point to where they can get themselves 
to a place where they can start applying for citizenship. And then they go through the process. Now, I As they should. I agree on the flip side of things that the citizen I have always said this that the citizenship process I think is a little too expensive for sure. some people. Yeah. It's gone up in price like constantly. I think, you know, the legal fees alone because in most cases they have to get an attorney involved, you know, with the whole process because you have to have somebody to kind of navigate you yeah, through exactly. the whole process. Now, granted there are some non not-for-profit agencies out there that kind of assist in the whole thing, but the, still, the fact is, is it's an expensive process. That piece of it, I think, can be mitigated. I think that can I'll, be looked at very I'll, closely. I'll, I'll, I'll have that fight all day long. Yeah, you, you know, I'll, 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 ha I'll sit down and have a talk about that. I'm willing to, I'm willing to admit, you know, immigration is good for this country. Yes. No matter how you look at it, yeah. immigration, we wouldn't even have a country if no, it wasn't for immigration. Immigration is good um, for this country. Illegal immigration is bad. Yeah, and if you if you want to look, what's funny, uh, if you look at the election results, uh, look at Florida, for instance. You know, everybody is, you know, I, you know I'm, I'm going to be overgeneralizing here. I try to stay very libertarian in how I feel on things, but, you know, everybody felt that Florida was going to go to the uh to biden uh during the election because of the huge influx of immigration into more the southern half of florida but truth be told a lot of these people who are citizens because you wouldn't be able to vote if you weren't a citizen one yep. they met the requirements to be a citizen an yep. actual citizen yep. you know a lot of these people have left their own countries and we've talked about this before yep. ad nauseum you know, these the people leave their countries for good reason. They leave because you have crazy crackpots like Chavez and Castro and others that are basically leading their countries into a one end dead end uh, street or leading them down a dead end street. So, you know, people are leaving and what they're bringing with them is an appreciation of the values that are here in this country in terms of freedom, the ability to worship, the ability to exercise in terms of business, uh, just general overall rights of life, you know? Well, when it comes to the immigration, the legal immigration population, the highest number of firearm owners among um, legal immigration, uh, legal immigrant citizens are Asians because they come from a culture that does not allow private citizens to own weapons so the first thing that they do is they go out and buy guns because now they can well most of the i would say probably the the predominance of the nation states that they're emigrate immigrating from are probably communistic or oh, yeah. a dictator china dictatorships china even even taiwan uh taiwan is a little bit more free than, yeah. than some places but it's still not no, you know, and plus it's a lot more expensive to live there than sure. it is in the United States. So. And uh, like Cambodia, uh, oh, yes. places like that, where it, when when they escape Cambodia and, and defectors of North North Korea, I've been watching a lot of YouTube videos of uh, North Korean military defectors, people that were actually in the North Korean military, and they watch they they go on YouTube and they watch videos of like actual like American warplanes and bombs and weaponry and all this other stuff and they're like there's no way <laughs> you know they, they, they just sit there and like how did we ever think that we could like they, they they talk about how north korea they preach that there was this uh, just i'm gonna go off on a tangent here for just a half a second but i swear we'll come back um there was a battle during world war ii or or the korean war 
where North Korea actually sank a United States destroyer. That is all they still talk about is this one victory that they got over yeah. the United States, and they just obsess over this one victory that they, that they that they sank this one United States boat. So their their military teaches them that no matter what, they will win. I I, I like the French because they're in many ways our our allies, and they have been for a long time. But it it goes to say that there was a long-standing joke that they haven't won a war since Joan of Arc. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, what was that the 100 years war the that they were war. that they referred to it as, but that you know, that was the ongoing joke is that, you know, this is their pride and joy in terms of military conquest because they haven't won a war since. Of course, I guess Napoleon, you know, could also be uh put into that mix, you know, in terms of well, it, th- there's there's that uh that old joke. It, it's a tired joke, but what color is the French flag? What? It depends on whether the Germans are here. Oh God. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, fair enough. But uh, <laughs> but all the shout outs to our French allies. Yeah, we, the, we love our French allies. Uh, well, uh, you know, when you get down to brass tacks, if it wasn't for France, we wouldn't have a country. Yeah. Yeah, it was their. They saved our ass in the end of the Revolutionary it was the ships. War. They they uh, yep. launched a number of ships that uh, the French came to Navy. Our aid. The French Navy saved our asses. So I mean, and in turn we helped with their uh, with their revolution, um, and so I mean. Jefferson was actually a little bit more acquiesced to their form of government and the way things absolutely. were going than he was even than what was going on here in the U.S. Yep, he really liked France's form of government and and. Um, he actually kind of had a, a little bit of a um, was a little bit of a fan of Napoleon, um, not not Napoleon. That was way before. No, it wasn't right right around that. Well, time. he was like turn of the century, eighteen twelve. Yeah. was it around? Yeah. Yep. Um, so yeah, so he 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 kind of had a little bit of admiration. Um, you can see it in his letters um, for for Napoleon. Um, at any rate. Um, I, wanted, I always I, heard that Napoleon came up short. Ha! But um, boom, sorry, ha. bad joke. I mean, I mean, it's it it, it was a joke. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, anyway, I want to come back. I, I didn't mean to get so far off into left field there, but I I I know that I want as many people to come to this country legally. As, as we can muster because yeah. it only makes us stronger to to get all of these cultures together. The, America is great because of all of the influences that we've had from a bunch of different cultures. Yeah. Um, you know, we take the best of, of different places and, and put it all together. Nowhere else in the world do they celebrate Cinco de Mayo and St. Patrick's yeah. Day and, you know, all these other uh, culturally different holidays we we just we absorb them and yeah. we, we it becomes part of yeah. our our own culture we embrace them and 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 you and know in the it, what's sad about it is that they failed to over they failed to see the the sheer transformation that has happened in the general populace even like within the last i would say like the most distinct time was probably like around the 30s or 40s maybe around then when you really didn't see that dissemination of culture um, where it was still kind of the leave it to beaver type of mentality about, you know, how people lived. And, you know, it was the, the white guy coming home to, 
you know, mom and mom's cooking and, yeah. you know, the kids are out and, the, you know, that kind of mentality. Not that there was anything morally wrong with what they were picturing, but at the same time, to look at what life was like back, and I know that was kind of an exaggeration the of how life was. family. That was an exaggeration so, so, so. still to some extent what life sure. was really like. Yeah. But at the same time, you know, to see what life is like now, um, I would say like probably like around the 80s and 90s, we even though there, we still had a long way to go, there there was a lot of inclusion. There was a lot of like just barriers that had been just naturally dissolved as a result of people just intermingling with one another. You know, yeah. you know, it's I didn't realize. And and again, maybe this is maybe this is my own ignorance, but I didn't realize that there was a problem with race in this country until I was told there was a problem yeah. with, with race. Yeah. You know, um, I grew up and I looking back on it, I, I saw I saw racist things happen, but it wasn't out of hatred. It was more out of ignorance. Yeah. Um, you know, it was more. This is the way we were raised. So, for for instance, I know a lot of older older people in this area still refer to to this day refer to black people as coloreds. Yeah, they don't mean anything. And that's derogatory. Only a, and that's by only it. a few. I mean, it is. It is. It's, it's very, a very very small. Few. But but my 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 point is is it's not out of ig- hatred. It's more out of ignorance because that's that was the accepted yeah. that was the accepted language when they were well it's like they probably up. also referred to people from poland as polacks, polacks and yeah. referred to italians as without papers or yeah yeah exactly <laughs> yeah exactly and and i'm not excusing it or saying no. it's right but there there has to be a little bit of understanding there yeah that these people grew up in a time when those were the appropriate yeah. things to say well, I don't even know if they felt it was appropriate. It was just the thing to say. It was just it was accepted language. Well, you know, in the in the in the forties and fifties, the the descriptors you had for the black community were either incredibly derogatory, yeah, which cannot be repeated, yeah, uh, or coloreds, um, yeah. blacks, um, negroes was was uh, very popular back then, yeah all completely unacceptable now but they didn't know that well just to give you kind of an example uh, growing up in my own childhood i became aware of uh, some kids that had been sheltered so much their life that the first time and this is not a joke this is not an exaggeration first time they saw an african-american they screamed oh wow now, mind, wow. you, mind you, these are kids, you know, so their reactions are going to be a little bit more raw than what an adult's reaction would be. Yeah. But if you think honest, ab- but if you think about it, I mean, um, you know, the more that we separate ourselves from people just on a day to day basis, the more we become naturally xenophobic towards sure. them. You know, it's just the natural progression of a person's psyche. It's just like people that are antisocial. You know, it's uh, unless you get into that, you know unless you get into that um, habit of making yourself present around others, talking, you know, interacting, whether it be in work environments, play environments, public environments, whatever the case be, you're going to have a harder time, you know, breaking those ice, that ice, so to speak, you know, and it's, everything's going to be a startling revelation to you, you know, and, you know, back to, you know, that story about that kid that screamed. But, you know, the point is, is we are not there as a nation we are so far removed from that it's not even funny and to your point 
it's like we're being told again that we're supposed to be. Yes. It's like we're trying to be re-educated to believe that John over here, who's African-American, should be referred to anything else besides John. And that's the thing. We've gotten away from referring to people by first name and last name. We Instead, we refer to them as their classification. And I think that's where we've gone wrong with a lot of this is that, you know, when I meet up with you and I don't say, hey, it's the white guy that lives in central Pennsylvania, you know, yeah. you're Mike. Uh, I'm Dave, the crazy goofball that came from the city that doesn't know his ass from his head. Yeah, um, I mean, so I don't mean to step on you, but I wanted to add to your point. We had a when I worked at Andritz, we had a gentleman work that worked there. His name was Glenn. Uh, we called him Glenn. Uh, when we called him on the phone, I said I would say, "Hey, Glenn, how you doing? Uh, do you want to come over?" Um, I would say, "Goodbye, Glenn. Um, I'll I'll talk to you another day." He happened to be black, but I never said, "Hey, black Glenn." Yeah. Y- you know. Yeah. And we just it wasn't until um well after I worked at Andritz that. You know, I even kind of took a step back to think about some of the stuff that we joked about yeah. and how inappropriate even joking about the things that we joked about would be today. Yeah. Um, you know, we work with, with a guy that tells stories like that all the time. I won't mention his name, but he, he tells the stories about how he has black friends that he joke around with and call derogatory names to their faces and it's acceptable to them because they know that he's he doesn't mean it or whatever and they just joke about it and that's okay because they have that thing but if you go out into public like he tells a story about how he was around other black people and started joking around and said the n-word joking around with his friends and the other people heard it and turned on him because they didn't know so I you guess. have to be conscientious of the crowd that you're around yeah. with certain conversations. I mean, and, you know, <laughs> truth be told, not everybody has a filter. Yes. And the problem is, is that if you don't if you don't develop some kind of a filter in your life, you'll put yourself into situations like that. Now, you know, granted, I mean, we should be at a point uh, with each other where we can have honest conversations, you know, with each other without, you know, the fear of offending one another yes. to the point to where we're, you know, at arms or ready to beat the shit out of each other. But, you know, the truth be told, it's like, I mean, I, I truly believe that growing up in the city and I'm not talking like on the outskirts, like a suburb, I, sure. I lived in the city. I, I worked in the city. I, I went to school in the city. You know, these, these were not, these are not, um, Exaggerations. I feel that it assist it helped me a lot with just being accustomed to just what's going on. Now, granted, the culture in a city is even its own thing. You know, you could have people from 40 different ethnicities and races and, you know, everything, and they all kind of share the same values in some ways. You know, and a lot of people forget that. Sure. Is that, you know, we all kind of look and look at our paycheck at the end of the week and like, what the hell just happened? You know, because the city decides to rape you every week over every little stupid thing that they can't manage. But, you know, there are some very big commonalities that you develop amongst people when you live with them and you start to really appreciate, um, you grow from those situations. But, you know, with regards to what we started talking about with, with Israel, you know, to, to put a kind of a pin on this is that Israel is a nation. Israel is comprised of more 
than just Jewish people. No, Israelis. Um, they're, they're Israelis. It's a nation. And what is happening right now is a group of people that absolutely, statedly, publicly hate Jewish people are out there to kill them. Now, what's happening in the process is that they are killing other Palestinians. They are killing other Arabs. They are killing other people that live in Israel because of their sheer hatred of one group of people that happen to be the predominance of that group there. Yep. And so that's what a lot of people aren't talking about. I'm not excusing the IDF's actions on anything else that they've no. done in the past. But at the same time, their defense of themselves is a defense of more than just the Hebrew people. Absolutely. And to, to, you know, to kind of back up your point, the when, when you start... All right, so let's say the IDF uh, is responsible for some aggressive tactics and things like that. Bring that to light. Yes. You, you know... Put all the cards on the table. State those grievances. Yeah. Don't start launching rockets because as soon as you start launching rockets and mortars and stuff, now all of a sudden, I'm sorry, but Israel has a right to defend against that. And you've essentially brought a knife to a gunfight. Yes. And now, yeah, and yeah, because the IDF is no joke. But 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 you but you've you've essentially wiped out any argument you had. It's just like it, when you're in school and and the and the bully the bully pushes you. It, it, it's not the, the the teacher doesn't see the bully push you or the 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 kid push you. They only see you pushing back. Yeah. You know, so that's what that's what's happening here. So let's say the IDF did do those things and Hamas pushed back. All we saw was the pushback. Yeah. And now we're like, oh, well, Hamas pushed Israel. Israel's got to push back. So I guess what I'm saying is, is, you know, bring these things to light before it gets escalated yeah. to violence. And then and then we could sit down and have a conversation about whether what Israel did was right or wrong. But what you did was absolutely wrong, and you can't do that. Yeah, this isn't two wrongs make a right. No, you know, no. This, this isn't... Uh, um, but yeah, I mean, the, to, to look at what's going on there, I mean, it, 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 it has to have an end. I mean, there has to be a line in the sand that we draw with regards to these type of actions. You know, at some point, you know, it's like growing up, you know, maybe your dad or somebody in your life told you that you need to make a stand to that stand up to that person that keeps picking on you at school, like you started to allude to with like the bullies at yeah. school. But, you know, him him pantsing you at the end of the day and him giving you a swirly and him uh, doing whatever it is that he did to humiliate you doesn't warrant you getting 20 guys and beating him so profoundly exactly. that he's you know, paralyzed for the rest of his life. Exactly. That would be more wrong than what the bully did to you. So there has to be measured response. Yes. There has to be measured response. And measured response only occurs when you have people that are measured in their thinking. Um, and uh, I think, you know, my personal opinion is that, you know, and people can yell at me for this, I think Israel's making a measured response. I think so too. I think that they... They were up against, and and now they're assembling ground troops too because it's it's just it's not it's not stopping. But yeah, um, I, I think to to wrap up and kind of condense all of that into one statement, um, you know, we on the on this podcast support 
Israel's right to defend itself in this situation. And if there are grievances that Hamas has with Israel, then they should be brought to the world stage and yep. not acted upon on their own and we volition. We just support, in general, the safety of people in that area because yeah. we're we're not oblivious to the fact that this, this is not a red, white, and blue argument. No. This is not... You know, pew pew guns, America. You know, no. blast them up. Nope. This isn't a shoot them all and like God sort them out situation. This is we know that there are family and children uh, that are getting caught in the crossfire, just like any other situation in which there are two parties involved. Yep. One being the aggressor and one being the uh, degressor, whatever the word would be in that situation. But sure. we are our thoughts are going out to everyone there. We hope that the situation comes to fruition soon, a good end, hopefully. Yeah. Um, Peaceful. But, peaceful hopefully a peaceful resolution um with that being said you can find us on facebook.com forward slash pa between the lines you can find us on twitter at the btl podcast you can find our website the btl um again uh, our thoughts and prayers go out to scott and his family um and and his boy ian um i i really encourage anyone that can uh to to visit our website um visit our facebook page visit our twitter page uh donate if you can um, if you're if you're not into donating online, you can always send us um, send checks or money orders uh, payable to Scott Morgan and family uh, to P.O. Box 221 Muncie, Pennsylvania, 17756. Again, uh, you can find us on Facebook, Facebook.com forward slash PA Between the Lines on Twitter at the BTL Podcast. And our website is the BTL Podcast.com. Um, really, there's just a lot up in the air right now. Um, and I just hope for a peaceful resolution um, in Israel. I hope things start calming down here in the United States. Um, I hope uh, President Biden gets his mind back. I hope that um, you know people in the United States can start looking at, looking at each other as brothers and sisters again, uh, because that's what we need. Um, all across the world, we need to just step back and you know realize our humanity. Um, and see the human uh, in each other and work from there. Um, as long as we can do that and, and start on common ground, um, I really think that we're uh, capable of anything um, in this world. So, again, facebook.com forward slash PA Between Lines at the BTL Podcast on Twitter and the BTL Podcast.com. I hope everyone has a great, peaceful week and uh, just stay out of trouble and behave yourselves. Enjoy the weather and uh, watch out for those carpenters. <laughs> All right. I hope everyone has a great week. Bye. Bye.